the, the brother that is still high in spirit, we have an air-conditioned laboratory, prayer laboratory there. You may wish to usher him to the prayer lab so that he can ventilate, he can express himself. Hallelujah. Turn your Bible to the book of Philippians chapter 4. The prayer lab is active, it's quite, uh, you might uh, want to experience it. In Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, we have an admonition that I would like to draw our attention to. He said, be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, be careful for nothing. Can you give us another translation of this scripture quickly so that we can look upon it? Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Satan always operates from within the circumstances. He always operates from within the situation. God always operates from within your spirit. If I had a board, I would have drawn a diagram because we need to understand these basic matters. A diagram that reveals the intersection between your spirit and your soul and the midpoint is the heart. The heart is the entry organ. But the Bible says with the heart, man believeth. The heart is capable of believing. The Bible says, purging your heart from an evil conscience, it means your heart sustains conscience. If God lands on your life, the airport will be the heart. It's a critical organ that has to do with the part of life whereon you have stumbled through salvation. Just like I said, if the devil operates, if demons are deployed to Master your life. You will find them express themselves in circumstances, in situations. Hallelujah. You might be driving from the office to your workplace and suddenly there's an accident. It was not that you broke any traffic rule. Demons always operate from the circumstances. God will always operate from your spirit. And the point is this, demons want to master your heart because your heart is the organ that pertains to the issues of your life. For instance, if your prayer does not affect your heart, it cannot change your life. Okay, some, re some people have responded. And I need to draw up a diagram so that anytime Satan is around your life, you will know what he wants to gain mastery of. There is an island 
that is called your heart. That is what he wants to influence. And as long as he doesn't have the handle over your heart, he cannot influence your life. There are several sisters in this congregation, for instance, that you feel that you are growing old. And maybe the man that you are expecting to show up and make a gallant proposal, the type they show on Facebook where they kneel down with rings. You've been expecting that kind of miracle for some time. You, you, you've not seen that. You've not seen it happen. And then the devil will operate from the circumstances. He will say, in view of the fact that your corridor has been empty, it is suggestive that your prayer is impotent. You see, he will move from the circumstances. But you see, what he wants to gain mastery of is the handle of your heart. The Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. You brought a board, but we don't have the right material. Your spirit has three components. Just in case you are born again, your spirit has three very vital components. Very vital components. One aspect of your spirit is called the conscience. That is the door that God knocks whenever you are beginning to misplace alignment. God begins to trouble your conscience so that it can bring you back into order. It is on the terminal of your conscience that condemnation can be registered. Now, the, 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 what the Holy Ghost feels about a particular situation can be registered on the mitrage of your conscience. It's a critical aspect of the spirit layer. Very critical aspect of the spirit layer. And if you are sitting in this place and there is an issue for which the Holy Spirit is giving a nudging, a nudging on your conscience. First of all, it's an indication of the fact that you are in spiritual health because it's not in everybody that the Holy Spirit can come and give a nudging to. It's first of all an indication that you are in health. You are still malleable. You are still pliable. You can still be bent, influenced by the Holy Ghost. And all of these efforts that the Holy Spirit is putting into place is to gain mastery over the control of your heart. The issues of life. They derive from that place called your heart. Whether you are going to triumph in 2021 is dependent on how well you can manage that space called your heart. But the Lord has revealed that 2021, in 2021, you are going to see darkness. However, he said, in the midst of the darkness, he has set before us an open door. That means all the things that pertain to your destiny will be going on if you are in alignment simultaneously with the presence of darkness that you are going to see around. That's the reason why we needed to provide some education on our navigating system during the course of this year. Now, so I said, your spirit is a critical organ. When you gave your life to Christ, it was your spirit that changed. It's just because 
We don't have lenses to look upon the transformation that took place in the core of our being on the account of our salvation. That's why it's not obvious to you that a translation took place from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. The proof that you became born again is that a measure of the spirit of God tabernacled in your spirit. And if you understand the parables of the kingdom at all, you will realize that what God did was to sow a seed of his kingdom into your heart. The endeavors of the Christian life is supposed to be that kind of labor that is required to entrench, to give an atmosphere for that seed of life that God has sown into your heart to begin to enlarge until it influences your entire ecosystem. Your spirit is critical. And that's the first place God decided to give attention. That's the first place God decided to plant his seed. That's the first place God decided to land. That's the place that God made his abode. Whereas for our natural life, we may not consider the spirit aspect of our existence to be critical. Because you went to school and such people that were not born again were your classmates and a few of them were better than you are. So it doesn't look like there is any benefit of having your spirit regenerated. Because when you give your life to Christ, there was not, the influence of the economy that is now in your spirit was not influencing your everyday life as much as it should. The reason is because you were used to operating from another facility. And that facility is called the soul. This spirit has a compartment called the intuition. If you have ever read your Bible, the book of 1 John chapter 2, the Bible says that you have an unction from the Holy One. And you know all things. You know all things. You see, the unction he was speaking about is a capacity that is available in the Holy Ghost that became available to you just because of your regeneration. Now, please stay with me. Are you, are you with me? Stay with me. A capacity. This unction of which we speak is a knowledge faculty. It's the seat of Spiritual knowledge, that intuition, this unction, all right, is, is the seat of spiritual knowledge. For instance, if we say, okay, let's pray. We begin to push in prayer. Begin to push in prayer. A spiritual man will be sensitive to know when the unction is activated. Because the moment the unction is activated, you begin to get spiritual knowledge. Just like you may come into the presence of God to pray and you didn't come with a prayer point and that's how I do my own. And then when the unction is activated, the prayer points will be given to you. Because there's a knowledge faculty that is in the Holy Ghost. If you swim long enough in the Holy Ghost, you will arrive at that place where the Holy Spirit hands out knowledge. 
You hear? Uh-huh. So the Bible says that we have unction. We have an unction from the Holy One. First John chapter 2, verse 20. If you have your Bible, you can look, look upon it. We have an unction. Now, so when a believer comes up and, 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 and that believer is saying, I'm confused. That word confused is alien to the experience of a believer that is situated within the new covenant. The reason is because in the new covenant, we have an unction. This unction, if you begin to travel in God sufficiently, you will find that point that you will arrive at that the unction will become active. When the unction becomes active, spiritual knowledge will be coming to you. I'm talking about knowledge that you were not taught, knowledge that you did not learn, but knowledge that is handed out supernaturally to you. There is an unction that is capable of spewing out spiritual knowledge if it is activated. And so just so that we can be informed that such capacity exists in us, 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 comes to the rescue. And what does it say? But ye have... What? Where is it from? Is it from Shongo? Is it from Ogugu? It is from the Holy One. When we... There is a lecture I'm going to do here and we're going to talk about the holy things of God. Part of the... Things we the holy things we receive from the Holy One is an unction. So that unction is a knowledge faculty. It is through this knowledge faculty, it's through this organ that is on your spirit. Are you with me? This organ that is called the intuition, that is on your recreated human spirit, that that unction is based, is placed. And it is on the strength of the function of that unction that we have access to spiritual knowledge. So that's the first part of your spirit. It is called the intuition. That is the seat of the unction. That is the root of all spiritual. That's the first part. The second part of your spirit is called your conscience. That's where your conscience is. And I'm going to show you something about this conscience in a moment of time. So the second part of your um, human spirit is called your conscience. It's a regulatory center. It's a place where God registers his concerns. It's a place where God can register his thoughts probably about an action that you took or an inaction as the case may be. If you have ever used an electric iron, a pressing iron, if the iron is still in optimal use, there's a part of it that is called a thermostat. And you can use the thermostat to regulate the temperature. I know many of the ions you are using now has lost the. <laughs> has lost the thermostat. But the original ion, when it comes, it comes with a regulator. From whence you can adjust 
the temperature. Different fabric require different administration of temperature. And so there must be a system by which we can regulate the temperature. That's how the conscience is. It is a regulator. God uses the conscience to regulate you. You might just go into an art bus now and you begin to say all kinds of stuff and when you finish then the regulator, who is the Holy Ghost, begins to touch the thermostat and he says, you are wrong. And if you are a man that has respect for promptings in the spirit, you will break down in repentance on the spot and make peace with God. So it's a regulator to restrain you. You are too powerful. And your ability is such that you can trespass the government of God, the laws of God. In order to bring you back to alignment, God allows a regulator so that he can be actively involved in your 24 hours. And sometimes he can even regulate you away from Champions League, regulate you away from Premier League, regulate you away from things that are seemingly not sinful, but such things as have the capacity to struggle with him for the control handle of your life. The conscience is that epicenter, that critical point. And it's such a critical point in your work with God. Are you with me? Third point is called, meanwhile, this circle here is your spirit. Just in case you Third point is called the fellowship. Third point is called the fellowship. I'm doing all of this to introduce to us more perfectly what the burden that is held in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Um, sister, let me have your phone. What, what phone is it? This is a techno phone. Techno, right. Now, when you buy a phone like this, this happens to be a good one, actually. You buy a phone like this. There are some functions on this phone that you can begin to operate without a SIM card. The calculator will be effective. These days, we have touch light on the phone. You can switch on the touch light and navigate your way in darkness. You can even um, store some music. And then it operates like a transistor radio. You can boost it with uh, an earphone or what do you call that one that you used to disturb everybody? USB, a USB or, you know, device. However, you did not buy the phone because you wanted touch light. You didn't buy the phone because you wanted calculator. There are calculators of all kinds, even scientific calculators that are on sale. 
You bought the phone because of communication. If you are going to fulfill the reason for which you bought the phone, something becomes immediately necessary, which is called SIM card. Are you with me? The SIM card is that device that can interpret and take advantage of the available network of a particular GSM company. Even though, and if you decide to choose to use or to purchase an MTN SIM card, even though there is Glow Network here, the MTN SIM card cannot interpret, cannot translate, cannot take advantage of the potentials that are logged on the Glow Network. Right? That's what happened to you. When you gave your life to Christ. Okay, let me be using scripture so that this thing, you will not think I came for story time. John chapter 3, verse. Um, John chapter 3. Are you there? There was a man of the Pharisees named, named Nicodemus, Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews. The same, the same came to, came to Jesus, Jesus by night, night, night and said unto, and him, said unto him, Rabbi, we know that we thou, that thou art a teacher God, come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. There are, so many there are so many scriptures we can use to, use to make this point, but this is the clearest in the entire Bible. The guy came to Jesus in the night and said, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. And the point that Nicodemus was raising that made Jesus a teacher come from God was not teaching, it was miracles. Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God because no one can do this. I was expecting him to come up with one of the liturgies that Jesus had delivered. That this, this level of wisdom that was weaved into your delivery can only be from God. He's what he pointed to as a confirmation that Jesus' teaching ministry was a God-ordained ministry. It was not the teaching, but the miracles. I don't want to go there today. Let's just, I just wanted to highlight it until we are ready to touch that matter. To talk about the teaching, the office of a teacher. The office of the teacher must be accompanied with miracles. But it's not for today. No one can do these miracles, this miracles that thou doest except, except God be, be. And Jesus, and Jesus shows up. I was expecting Jesus to be excited. Oh. Okay. The Pharisees now acknowledge me. Glory. I knew you guys would come, but I didn't expect you to come in the night. Something like that. I was expecting that kind of response because the Bible says you came in. <laughs> Jesus did not even mind the acknowledgments that he was bringing. And Jesus made a statement in... Verse 3, which is critical. 
He said, verily, 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 I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Just like, just like, except you, except have, you a have a SIM card that is inserted into your SIM, empty and SIM card, your phone cannot interact with the network. There is a full-blown reality that is operational in heaven right now. And in that state that you exist, not being born again, you have no access to interface with that level of civilization. And the moment you give your life to Christ, what happens is that God inserts a SIM card into your spirit man, namely the Holy Ghost. And that SIM card that is inserted into your spirit man becomes the reason why you can access the realities that are obtainable in the kingdom of God. So there's an aspect of your spirit that has to do with interfacing with network. It is through that aspect of your spirit that you can synchronize with the realities that are taking place in God's realm. So the kingdom of God is in the spirit. So if you have the spirit, you can search into that level of possibility. The other day we were doing IEC and a certain minister who is a chieftain, a pastor of one of the most predominant Orthodox churches in the land sent a voice call that he was coming majestically to grace the occasion. What that means is we need to look for a seat that is befitting his status since it's not customary for ministers in his denomination to want to fellowship with Pentecostal. So we got his message and we gave him a hallowed seat. Hallelujah. Now, and he also informed us that he was coming with his members. So we also ensured that his members were adequately seated. I was not the preacher for the night. The preacher finished preaching and then gave me the microphone to round up the meeting. And when I stepped on the podium, I felt fire here. And anytime I feel that fire, it means there are demons that need to be arrested quickly. Aiko Salimo Konda. Are you with me? The network just opened up. It was 4G, 4G network. And I was able to pick that, okay, what this fire means right now is that demons need to be expelled. And having received that signal, I say, oh my, and I love those things. I love that dimension. I released fire. Now, the minister that was sitting there, who obviously is not filled with the Holy Ghost, did not know what I saw. He didn't know what I had picked. He didn't know the dimension I traveled into to gain the consciousness for which I could bring ministry at that level. And normally when they feel that what you are doing is within beyond the scope of what they studied in theological school, they will say you are into satanism. And 
you must be guilty of drinking blood. Because he was there, I didn't speak in tongues. Because he, they are very offensive, offended, when they hear tongues, they have entered into the esoteric dimension. <laughs> Normally, you will be viewed in the bad light, and the only reason why you are viewed in the bad light is because he doesn't have access to that place. So there is no way what you are doing can be positive. When we finished the meeting, the uproar was intense. And the reason why the uproar was intense was because the members he brought were the witches of the night. Oh my. They were the witches of the night. You will not know who I'm talking about. So just. And one of them was under fire till 2 a.m. Another one was in a mode as if she had fainted and given up the ghost. Because I know all those are options. When, when it's as if they have fainted. No, it's not faint. They have gone for reinforcement. So if you are a deliverance minister and you see that somebody is doing something like fainting. Ah, don't worry. I will tell you what to do about that. So the man now called 2 a.m. and said, what he called one of our pastors. What did your pastor do to this, my people? Now, that day I didn't lay hands on anybody. So anything I used to do what he claimed I did was not by physical contact. So that made it more strange. He never came back. <laughs> Even though the place was fully air-conditioned, the lights were colorful. Everything was attractive to bring him back. <laughs> never came. The reason was there was a SIM card problem. He had a SIM card. Have you ever had a SIM card that became numb? It's a SIM card challenge. This angle of his spirit has not been developed. To develop this angle, you need long prayers and frequent fasting. And then that place, just like if you go to the gym, you can develop muscles. So you can develop this aspect with intense prayer and fasting, which is, happens to be the culture of the apostolic company. Are you with me? Now, you see, these are the faculties of your spirit man. The reason why I drew an intersection here, this is your soul, and you know the parts of your soul. You know your mind, you know your emotion, you know your will. Are you with me? Good. But there's an intersection here. The intersection here is... Is your heart. Let me tell you about your heart. The Bible says, Love the Lord thy God with all thy 
Huh? Heart. Is that all? Then with all thy soul. Then with all thy mind. mind. Oh, oh, that one is, that so, one is so difficult for you. For you. Do you still remember the scripture? The Bible, the Bible says, says, as a man thinketh in, in his heart. So, it's, so it's, it, it means that, means that our heart has thinking ability. The mind of your soul is part of your heart. That's why I drew an intersection here. So somewhere here we have mind. Are you following? You are not following. If you can visualize what I'm talking about, then the scripture that I just raised is going to be very, very critical. Love the Lord thy God with all thy mind. For as the man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So your heart can think. Even though your mind is part of your soul. Are you there? Your mind is also part of your heart. Secondly, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 19. Technical people, you help us out. Having therefore, therefore brethren boldness, boldness to enter, enter into, into the holiest, the holiest by, the by the blood of Jesus. By a, by a new and, a and living, a living way which he has, he has consecrated for us through, through the veil that is, that is to say through his flesh. flesh. And, having and having an high priest over the house of God. Let us, Let us draw, draw near, near with, a with a true heart. heart. How? In, in full assurance of faith, of faith having, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. So, so the, conscience the conscience of the spirit, of the spirit is also is part of the intersection, part of the heart. You know, I said that the heart is an entry organ. So if I sit you down every day and I tell you that you are a failure, you will amount to nothing. You will never rise to become anything. You, other people will feed you. You will be looking for help even in old age. You will rent your house in Abuja and you also rent a house in your village. Now if I keep saying that, <laughs> Hallelujah. If I keep saying that and I succeed in allowing that thing and you allow that thing enter your heart, it will become true. Because in that place, that sacred place, the Bible says that's where the issues of life derive. So I'm going to show you the object of satanic attacks. I'm going to show you very soon. Is to get at that place called the heart and then to take over the handle. If you fail in your heart, you have failed on the ground.
That's why the devil wants to intensify pressure. It's just so that you can give away the handle of your hand. So he said that we should have our hearts sprinkled from, from an evil, an evil conscience. conscience. So the conscience, so of, the the conscience of the spirit is part of the hand. That's why I drew it as an intersection. There are several aspects of your spirit that I intersect into the regions of your heart. Do you understand that? Good. The Bible says, love the Lord with all your heart. And the word love there is not God kind of love as it were. Is, is, is emotional love. And the seat of emotional love is your soul. Have you ever seen somebody that prayed and prayed and the person was crying while he was praying? Because the person was feeling the prayer. There was an emotion. It was real. So we are not robots in the presence of God. God wants you to feel him. He wants your emotion to be able to pick the frequencies of his impartation and to also get a response. Are you there? So the mind is there. The emotion is there. What else is there? The conscience of the spirit is there. Having understood this, let me take you back to the scripture that I just read. It said, be thou anxious for nothing. You use the one, one translation, please. Let's get that translation back. Give me that translation back, please. He said, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let your petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. That means the things that, that, should, the things be that the should be the object worry, of your worry should become, should become the seed, the seed for, your for your prayer. Right? Because worry is suggestive of the fact that your heart territory has been captured. The circumstances have overwhelmed you so much so that it has also secured the handle of your heart. You are now a victim of anxiety. And it's on the strength of the manifestations of the pressure that anxiety is bringing your way that you are responding. You can never find victory that way. Satan wants you to be a creature of anxiety that is responding to orchestrations in the circumstances and have given away the handle of his heart. Many of you are there even now as I speak. That's not the, that's not the life of faith. You have surrendered your victory. You have accepted defeat without a fight. And from the point, from this point, the next bus stop is called depression. No demon has the right to push you into depression. You will have to cooperate with Satan in order for him to lead you to that sorry place. The same things that trigger anxiety are seed materials that should be the basis of a purposeful prayer adventure. All right. Can I take samples? 
my brother, what will you say is your major problem? Tell us. Give him a microphone. You tell us your name and tell us your major problem. You know we are in the house of this is this the house of prayer. Tell us your name, tell us your major problem. Oh, okay, we, we can't use you because you are facing the speakers and uh, you will create an interface. That's the reason why we'll leave you. Move the microphone to my friend, Jessica. What's your major problem as you're sitting down? Let us know. Stand up, let your face come, come into the video so that the whole world will see that Jessica has a problem. Yeah, go on. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Be as truthful as you can be. For me, I think my major problem is with myself. You, you are making I know this thing my complex. You are making this thing complex. So give, give a young man, because it is said that ladies are complex. They can't. <laughs> yes, what's your major problem? Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My name is William. William. My major problem is delay in life. Delay in life. All right. Delay in life. Now, now, because of you, eh, we are going to, I will spend 15 more minutes in this service to talk to God about that situation. Amen. We will get a response today. Okay? Amen. You can hand over the money. Now, let's take him as a case study. Delay. Many things is trusting God for. Many things is believing God for. And those things have not yet come. Let me tell you what Satan will do. Satan will speak to you. And you will think you are the one thinking. You say, see how old you are. See Bernard, your second school classmate. See Johnson. He went to the same school. See where he is. See where you are. All he's trying to do is to secure the handle of your heart. He's still in your mind, though. That's where he is. I hope you know where the mind is situated. See, remember? So, that organ called the mind is the strongest organ in the soul and the strongest organ in the heart. So if the devil will enter into your space, he must come through your mind. So the devil has the ability to reason with you. A deceiving spirit is a very intelligent spirit that can match you on the platform of your thought. And when a deceiving spirit begins to launch an attack on your life, what he wants to achieve is to reveal to you how vulnerable, how useless, how that there's no hope for you, so that you can just surrender and say, uh, I don't tire. The moment 
that spirit secures the control of this place, your life is going to go in the direction of the intention of that spirit. That's why you need to come to church sometimes. Because when the handle is almost taken away, then the pastor will be inspired by God and attack that your position and you repent and the spirit will be so angry with the pastor. The thing is about the battle for the control of the heart. Whereas the devil is operating from outside and trying to gain access to your mind to reason you to submission. God is operating from your spirit and he's trying to gain control of your heart. Not through your spirit, but your conscience. God will flow through the fellowship. The fellowship aspect of your spirit, man. It will flow into the intuition as you are contemplating that position and posture of defeat. A scripture pops up through the unction. And then you consider the scripture. It's a very terrible spiritual situation. The devil is trying to reason you into submission. And then suddenly God inspires you with a scripture. And shows you that that surrender is not his will. But at the end of the day, you will be the one to make the choice whether the devil is the one that is more interesting to you or the word of God that's come on your spirit. So the difference between light and darkness, the difference between victory and defeat will be final. In final analysis, it will be a choice. So I choose the way of the law. So he said, be anxious for nothing. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let your petitions, petitions and praises, and praises shape your worries, into, your worries prayers. into prayers. Letting God, Letting know, God your know your concerns. So as so worry, as is, worry beginning is beginning to take root, take you translate the worry to prayer. To prayer. The same ingredients the same ingredient that the devil is using with you becomes the springboard for an adventure in prayer. Hallelujah. It becomes a springboard for an adventure. If I've ever won one battle by submitting to God, the next battle is going to be easier. If you win the second battle by submitting to God, the third battle is going to be easier. And then by the time you, you win the fourth battle, it will be clear that this is the way of the Lord. And the devil would have lost chance, chances to be able to conf, convince you and the more Satan cannot convince you, the more he cannot take over control of your heart. It means he will not be able to determine the issues of your life. You start becoming stronger in the Lord, more confidence in the Lord. When God speaks, you dive because you have seen him previously. Walk, walks of grace in your life and you are no longer afraid. Then Satan will start becoming a non-essential in your life because you did not allow him to take over the handle of your heart. Choose ye this day whom you will serve.
will you align to what the circumstances is preaching through the agency of deceiving spirits and submit to the devil and they become a victim of the devil's intentions or will you allow that spirit that flows like a river it flows through the fellowship angle and he instigates a scripture hands out a scripture you were not thinking of the scripture that that thought that came into your thought life was as a result of precipitations that came from the spirit of God to disarm the enemy so that once again you can remember that it is written just like Jesus did when he was in confrontation with the devil what has the devil preached to you that you believe he told you, he made you feel that the only way you can get money as a lady is to sleep with another man. You heard the wrong voice. And you have become a creature that has been patterned after the wishes of the deceiving spirit that spoke into your head. He will always come. He's a preacher of circumstances of situations. He will remind you of when you were working in a certain company and how you were financially buoyant. And see you now. And maybe the day he's telling you, see you, that day the back of your trousers now picked a, a, a nail. And as you are saying, see me now. See me now. Your emotions would have risen up and you will begin to pity yourself. That pity becomes an entry point, an entry point, an entry point. And then you don't know that he is seeking to take over the handle of your heart. And the Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence. When God created, he made the best bones to protect the most sensitive organs, skull or the brain. The rib cage for the lungs and the heart. The vertebral column for the spinal cord. There's only one section there were no bones for. Keep your heart with all diligence, he said. For out of it, no infrastructure for burglaries. It means Satan can stroll in into your thoughts unguarded. You will be the warden set over your heart to ensure that you process everything that comes into your thought life from the perspective of the word of God. That's how men like Abraham lived. What lie have you believed? The Bible says that Abraham did not consider the fact that his body was dead. He didn't consider the fact that Sarah, who was previously diagnosed to be barren, had entered into menopause and her womb had died. There was no light in her womb anymore. It was darkness. How did God convince Abraham such that he could not see that his body was dead? He could no longer see that Sarah's womb was a graveyard. It was the spirit that did his work. Mm, the spirit had educated him through this unction, the intuition. Spiritual knowledge had entered into his spirit man and he incubated it long enough for it to renew his mind. No demon was strong enough to confuse him thereafter. Ah, ah, I want to preach to you because I know the demons preached. They made you feel that see, how your elder sister ended. She's mad now. 
when you reach her age, you will not be different. And people will not say, you think it's a revelation. Meanwhile, the Bible says there is no enchantment against Jacob. Yeah, it happened to my elder sister. I don't know where she went. There's no divination against Israel. A man's faith will be determined by what he does with his heart. I remember when I was courting my wife, I told her. Because she said she has a vision to uh, have a, a school. I told her, we build it. The only currency I had was faith. <laughs> you don't understand this. <laughs> I will, when the time comes, I will build it. And when the day of performance came, we used four years to buy land. And I stood on the land and said, God, you would have helped me now not to promise this woman because... <laughs> So I now gave the, the plan to a quantity surveyor, who is my, uh, my friend's wife. She is an associate professor, maybe a professor now. She was a doctor then. And she calculated everything, it was 100 and something million. When I saw it, I almost... <laughs> so I said, I took courage. I saved money, saved nine million. When I saved nine million, I became bold on the strength of nine million. We came to the site, so I was telling the engineer how we are going to run the whole stuff. The nine million finished, and the, the building didn't come out from the ground. thought we were boggled. <laughs> I thought thieves came to the site. No thief came. What we had could not bring <laughs> in from the ground. And then the Holy Ghost became a river within my heart. And it flowed from here and flowed here. Then he began to give me spiritual knowledge. How that it was through wisdom that God created the heavens and the earth. Not money. Because when God started, he was broke. Began to, the mind was experiencing hybridized renewal. A new expression that was not defeat began to build. And it came to pass. That a few months later, I was standing on the foundation that was completed. It was better than standing on the ground that I stood before. And I had seen that face. And God began to educate me again. It was, anytime I climbed the building, he would begin to speak. Began to educate me. I, I, I never knew that God wanted to help my faith. That was what the building was about. It was not about the promise I made to my wife. I needed help. God was saying that the point I had reached in my destiny, if I don't have an upgrade in faith, I have end, I've finished already. Oh, oh, that was how 
that building. By the time we fixed the first floor, and I climbed up and I stood there, I know. I, I told God, I know. I hope you know that I know that this is not the work of even my faith. We have exhausted my faith. Ended with nine million. And if you drive through welfare quarters now, just look for the tallest building. That is the building I'm talking about. He rose from faith. A defeated man cannot, cannot shine. If you lose in your heart, you have lost on the ground. And this is irrespective of where you come from. You might come from Urobo, come from Edo. Come. If you lose in your heart, you have lost on the ground. We're going to pray to him. Oh my, you see, he has come. He has come. He has come. He has come. When the time came for us to do the roof, because when you are paying for the roof, you pay all the money at once. It, it was easier for me to, if you are doing any other thing, you can be giving them little, little money. But if it's the roof, you need to pay. Another upgrade. By the time they were fixing the roof and the sun that used to scorch when I stand there began to close up, I knew that I had gone through a school. A school of faith. Hallelujah. When I finished that school, that was when the bill for the embassy that we are building came out. 150 million. Oh, I was no longer afraid of it. Like I did in the school, I always go there on Sundays when the workers are not there. I stood on the background and I said, this is where I will praise you. This spot. It shall be remembered that this is where it all began. When I speak those words, I speak those words, every doubt is choked. Even the demons that followed me there, when I begin to speak those words, they begin to weep. That the, the reason for which they came has been aborted. Can you rise up from within you and speak only what God has told you and cast away every lie of the devil? And we watch the foundation spring. We had committed, we had committed 55 million before the foundation came out. If you pass there now, they are fixing the galleries. 70 million has entered into that building. By November, we'll be inside. Inside by November, we'll be inside there. And it will no longer be a drawing, it will be for real. That drawing, let it not remain a drawing forever. That plan, let it not remain a plan forever. There is a walking of God within your vessel to bring you out of defeat so that you can see the light of victory. 2021, I shall not be afraid. I shall not be afraid.
shall not be afraid. Labo Maselika Belaika. Fresco Felamin Sika Bela Mansalababore. Shabro Copeta Bisco Vela Misa Saleta. Ambresco Feselemonde. Babro Copeta Misa Capelanto. Rebaques Compela Samenal. I shall not be afraid. That which God has told you. You don't need a man for it to come to pass. The Bible says that God does not need the strength of an ox or the legs of a man. Arise, shine, for your light is come. When you win inside, you win outside. The devil is trying to use the delay to break you. But receive strength in your inner man. Because in the course of this year, you will testify. 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 God will exceed your imagination. He will take you beyond your limit. He will make you experience such things that you have never seen before.
use the next few moments to cut off what you believed that it was not the Lord that told you he told you that nothing meaningful will come out of your life can you can you tell him that according to the word of the Lord I will arise and I will shine because my light is come the glory of God is risen upon me. For he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his trust we are healed. That affliction will not live with you forever. Because by his strife, we are healed. There is a visitation of God coming upon you. Yes, everything the Lord told you will come to pass. Satan came too late. Satan came too late. Satan came too late. God is going to surprise you. This year will be better than the year previous. Because the hand of God is risen over your life. We do not believe the devil. 
Lord Jesus. Just in case you have a similar challenge with delay, as I pray, believe. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I use your son as a point of contact. And I ask, O oh God, let the shackle of delay be broken. Let a new chapter be opened. Let a new chapter be opened. Orchestrations from the Spirit of God. Promptings showing that suddenly God is about to come. Let his spirit be ventilated with the strength that comes from the spirit of God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And all of those that are online, streaming online, the Lord judges every form of delay in your life. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, this is the keynote. Don't believe what Satan is preaching. Satan doesn't have the patent for creation. Never created before. He doesn't even know how to order the cause of that which has been created by God. Only God can speak over your life that will be true. We banish every clog, every cloud of deception that is beginning to set in, that is, that is breaking your faith. In the name of Jesus. A quick recovery shall the Lord do. A quick recovery. Suddenly, them that have been forgotten, will suddenly be raised. Suddenly in the place where you were ready to quit, the Lord will make your hands strong. The Bible says, let every man be a liar, but let God be true. Did that deceiving spirit speak true men that you respect? And he borrowed their vocal cord to add credence to the utterances to break your faith, your spirit, to break your faith. Today, I, I bring into captivity that doubt. I bring into captivity that doubt in the name of Jesus. Step into faith in Jesus' name. When you lose in your soul, you lose on the ground. You will not lose. You will not lose. On the same ground, when I allowed the Holy Spirit to begin to educate me, I saw the building rise. And God was walking on my feet. I saw it rise. Until the D-Day when they needed bulk money to pay for the roof. God 
exceeded my expectations. He will surprise you before this year ends. <laughs> And it came to pass when the second floor was made and I climbed up there. And I gave him thanks. But I knew that when that floor was made, my capacity in believing and trusting God has been enlarged. In order for you to serve effectively the will of God that is set out for you this year, you need an enlarged capacity. The old framework will not suffice. One more time before we close camp tonight, can you ask that God might increase your capacity? The message of faith is trust and obey. Capacity to trust God. Capacity to obey God. Every weakness of spirit is punished. Let's take our seat. Let the offering basket move around. We have been saying from the beginning, uh, sometimes last week we began to draw our attention to the need to give more this season. The Bible says, when you pray, that is in Matthew chapter 6, there are three core causes of the kingdom. Those are the things you do that determines what else you become. Matthew says, Jesus Christ says, said, when you pray, then he said, when you fast, then he also said, when you give, didn't say if you give. So these three things are concurrent. They are to be practiced concurrently and aggressively in order to maximize your possibilities. I will advise you to take advantage of this season to give more. As much as you are praying and as much as you are fasting, give also. Because priesthood is not complete without sacrifice. Amen. Amen. Write down people's name that you will consciously give to them in this season. To widows, to orphans, to men of God, to brethren, to the work of God in this place and out of this place. Make plan to give out some of your shoe or to buy new one and give to somebody. Make out plan to give out one of your, one or two or several copies of your wares. If you don't do that, you may be joking seriously. 
may not be able to take full and maximum advantage of what God will do in this season. Amen. And don't think we are telling you what we are not doing. We are doing it in our own little way and trusting God to increase much more. And it is very important to bring up this point because if you don't know, when people are rising, you may think that they are rising by chance or by coincidence. Amen. Hallelujah. So that is that. May we rise up as we shut down for tonight. Tomorrow again by 4 p.m. we'll be back to this place. I will continue with a prayer. Amen. I hope the instruction is clear. In addition to the fasting, in addition to the prayer, make plan to give. In short, give something that you have not given before. That is how you make the most of this season. Amen. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Thank you for coming. Good night.